Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Gridiron Blitz Podcast, your weekly source for women's American football, insights, game recaps, and NFL News Weekly. Subscribe on Apple and iHeart. Welcome to episode 395, Gridiron Blitz in the house. Oscar Lopez here will be followed by uh, Coach Terry Lister of TL Talks podcast. And second hour, we're going to be joined by Mackenzie Brooks as we're breaking down NFL Week 6, preview Week 7, into the key games on Monday night, Sunday night, and uh, Thursday night. We're also going to dive into college football here in a little bit uh, for the Week 7 recap and Week 8 preview in Holly's Corner with Hall of Famer Holly Custis of the WNFC Utah Falcons. Um, if you guys haven't subscribed to our podcast, our podcast is powered by monkeyknifefight.com. You get fast and simple prop games, shark-free fantasy, more or less easy platform, uh, fantasy challenges as well, star players only, especially right now with the NBA kicking off tonight. you got the NFL still within a couple weeks here. Plus, you got PGA, uh, MMA, uh, UFC, all the other stuff. So $2 minimum, you get a $5 free play. If you go to monkeyknifefight.com, use our code NJF. You can match up up to $100 on sign-up. So make sure you use code NJF. Support our uh, our sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight. That's the one that keeps us alive here and bringing you the message of Women's American Football Weekly, including NFL Talk Weekly. So pretty awesome. If you haven't subscribed to our podcast on Apple, I strongly recommend go do that. Uh, you can also listen to us on iHeart, uh, on Spotify, you can find us also on global, globalwomensportsradio.com at the uh, podcast tab there. Um, so check it out. Go to the uh, platform, the best platform you want to listen to. Just uh, make sure you're looking for it. Otherwise, go right there to our promo page at the Hub, and you'll see the link right there to our Apple podcast. Uh, you can Google Gridiron Beauties on Google, Yahoo, or any other uh, duck, you know, duck Go, and you'll find all our content right there in terms of what we have. We also have a YouTube channel of amazing women playing American football globally. So check out our YouTube channel as well. I have shared videos of everybody playing American football. So check it out right there. Uh, we're having a 25% off sale at Zazzle, at the Zazzle shop, at the No Joke Football Shop. Cool shirts, leggings, and gifts right now. So get ready for Christmas. Uh, check it out. Go uh, up to 25% off. Use the code there as well. And you can get uh, the Not A Boys Game shirt. That's very popular. Uh, and all the other shirts that we have, including leggings and other things. So check it out. Go to uh, the Zazzle shop, powered by Zazzle.com, which is our, uh, also our sponsor. If you guys are international and you're listening to us in Spain, U.K., Germany, or in Finland, uh, you can go to Zazzle.com, forward slash Gridiron Beauties. Go down to the bottom tab. At the bottom tab is country code. Choose your country. You'll save money on shipping. Also, it will be in your own country denomination to make a purchase. So really, really appreciate your support. Um, check it out. Go to Zazzle.com or Saskaram Beauties. All right, let's bring in uh, good Coach Terry Lister of CAS, and he's going to be helping us out here for the next two hours. We're going to be talking college football, diving into the international news, and then we're also going to dive in in the second hour, uh, all NFL second hour with Mackenzie Brooks and Coach Terry Lister as well. So, Coach uh, Lister, how's it going? Not too bad, man. The Browns lost, but life is still good. No, no, no. That's uh, just the way it goes, man. That's the way it goes. Sometimes it's just a bad <laughs> week. So, 
You know what I'm saying? It's like you got to just head, get your head up. But I was looking at that, Terry. Um, it's kind of interesting on the key games coming up here for uh, not so much for, you know, this week, past week, but it's in the uh, AFC, I think it's the AFC uh, North, right? Uh, let me see here. My notes, my notes, my notes here. Yeah, uh, you got Baltimore 5-1, and one, Cincinnati 4-2 and two, from what I gather here right now. So there's mm-hmm. still opportunity. I mean, there's still a lot of games to work with. Hopefully they they'll fix, uh, you know the the offensive side of the ball. I mean it's like you know and and I think uh, Mayfield had his shoulder injury from my notes, so mm-hmm. that's uh he's been playing through it from what I'm told. <clears throat> yeah, so Mayfield's a competitor. He's going to want to play no matter what, even if he is injured, which depending on who you ask could be smart or not smart. Um, of course, I respect that. You know, I feel like NFL players are modern-day gladiators, um, but our team is just banged up in general. I mean, we, we the uh, Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa, he's out for a few weeks. Kareem Hunt's out for a few weeks. Nick Chubb is not playing on Thursday versus the Broncos. Uh, Jarvis mm-hmm. Landry's probably not playing either, and Odell is questionable too. So just a lot of key players injured at the same time, which is not, not ideal, um, but, you know, Injuries are part of the game, so there's no excuses. We haven't played our best ball, and um, we just need to figure it out. So I do believe in our coaching staff, so hopefully um, we can start a winning streak this Thursday. Yeah, I know it's it's tough, and then you start looking at it in terms of, uh, you know, how to make the playoff mode. It's going to get a lot tougher uh, in that regard. Um, uh, Terry, let's let's dive in here to college football because uh, we're going to, you know, basically break it down here. So let's dive into college football here. Let's go ahead and have um, Holly break it down for us for week seven. And we'll kind of talk about it right now. Okay. Welcome back to Holly's corner. Here are some of the most interesting results in college football from the weekend. Number one, Georgia 30, number 11, Kentucky 13. Georgia's seafront is just a monster. Kentucky only had 51 yards rushing at 1.9 yards per carry, Kentucky just did not have the horses to be on the field with Georgia. Stetson Bennett is not a world-beater at quarterback, but he doesn't have to be. Just move the ball efficiently, and he does. Purdue 24, number 2, Iowa 7. Iowa didn't get off the bus for this one. A number 2 ranking might have gotten to their heads a little. Purdue came in and moved the ball all over the place. Aiden O'Connell had 375 yards passing and two touchdowns. David Bell also had 11 receptions for 240 yards and a touchdown. Number four, Oklahoma 52, TCU 31. Central Rattler might be done in Oklahoma unless something weird happens. Caleb Williams has shot the Sooners in the arm, and he might be a better passer downfield. He ended with 295 yards passing and four touchdowns, and oh yeah, he also ran for another 66 yards. Oklahoma with Spencer might be a 9 or 10 win team, Oklahoma Caleb might be a playoff-level team. Number 12, Oklahoma State, 32. Number 25, Texas, 24. Another week and another lead blown by Texas. It has to be agonizing to be a Longhorn fan this year. They really are all over the place. Spencer Sanders had a decent game for the Cowboys, but it was a running game with Jalen Warren that really put them over the top. Jalen ended with 193 yards rushing on 33 carries. Oklahoma State outscored Texas 16 to nothing in the fourth quarter. Number, let's see, Utah 35, number 18, ASU 21. 
This is another Pac-12 After Dark game. Utah has finally found their mojo again at home under the lights. The swagger that has been their staple and has been gone this season finally came back. Cameron rising through for 247 yards and two touchdowns. He also had two picks but showed excellent leadership late. ASU had a great first half, but Utah woke up and dominated the second half. Utah now has an advantage over ASU in the Pac-12 South race. LSU 49, number 24-42. This was a wild, wild game. Emory Jones, who's had such a solid season for Florida, got benched in the game after throwing two picks early. His replacement, Anthony Richardson, also ended with two picks but threw for three touchdowns. Tyron Davis-Price for LSU ran for 287 yards and three touchdowns in the game of his life and put LSU over the top. LSU has had a weird season, and after the game, they announced their parting ways with their head coach, Coach O, after the season, which is puzzling considering they are still 4-3 and three and just won a good game, but there's been rumors of a lot of off-the-field issues, however, and this is most likely the reason for the party. Baylor 38 Number 19, BYU 24. Baylor out-muscled BYU in this one. The Bears ran for 303 yards and four touchdowns as a team, including Abram Smith busting out 188 yards and three touchdowns. Jaron Hill was back and had a decent game, but it was not enough, and BYU couldn't get enough on the ground to get this game. All right, Terry. Uh, so we, where do you want to start? Uh do we want to look at uh, Georgia here with that dominant performance against Kentucky? Or do we want to look at, uh, like she said, Texas completely not being them- themselves over uh, to Oklahoma State? Yeah, I mean, I- I've been really impressed with Georgia myself. Um, I've-, I've liked that college football hasn't been that predictable this year. You know, usually, you know, you have Alabama at the top and, Ohio State's pretty far up there, and some of the other other teams are kind of predictable with where they are in the rankings. And this year, Georgia's kind of taken taken over that top spot in the SEC. And, um, you know, even a team like Cincinnati is way up there because they haven't lost. So I I love that that it's not as predictable this year. Um, But, yeah, Georgia's – their defense is just really good. Um, It makes you wonder. I don't don't watch them – I don't, like, watch their games live or anything, but – makes you wonder, like, how good they are, like, historically. Um, but as we know, defense wins championships. So it'll be interesting to see how far that can take them. Um, but the SEC is tough, you know what I mean? So any given Saturday. No, and then uh, you, if you look at the, uh, you know, like she, uh, like Holly was pointing out, um, they are, they were really stout. So they led by 23 points at one point in the fourth quarter, which is <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> pretty embarrassing yeah. in that sense if, if you're up by 23 points in the, in the third um and this is I, I think georgia's 12th straight victory over kentucky so that's got to you know sting too for them yeah. so it's uh yeah, you know sure. and the rushing the rushing attack on uh, kentucky's rushing attack is is ranked in the top 20 so i mean they're not horrible but obviously it's not something that uh, georgia cannot you know contain so they they basically took care of business yeah yeah, for sure. Like I said, um, Georgia's doing awesome so far. They're taking care of business in every game um, as of now. But, you know, there's still some games left. The SEC's tough. Um, you know, if they just have one off day, somebody can knock them off. And so mm-hmm. it's one thing to start start the season hot, you know, and go undefeated for a while. But to finish the season undefeated, 
especially in that in that conference, is easier easier said than done. So we'll see if they can keep it up. But so far, very impressive. The other game she was talking about, uh, number two, uh, number two was the sh- shocker as Iowa loses to Purdue uh, behind David Wells, eleven catches for two hundred forty yards and a touchdown. So that uh, that's basically a torching. <laughs> Uh, one of the best secondaries, obviously, in the nation. Uh, so Al Ganey and the Hawkeyes offense by himself. So that's not a good sign for if you're Iowa. Uh, that means uh, there's obviously kinking your armor uh, from what you thought you were invincible at this point. But ultimately, uh, the Boilermakers never trailed in the upset victory, and now they have nine wins as an unranked team against uh, top two team, uh, AP top two teams. So really good performance by Purdue. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not that surprised at that one. I know it's going to sound like I'm talking smack about Iowa. Sure. Um, but the reason, uh, reason I'm not surprised is because – Wait for Mac you know, to like, show up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> She's not going to like hearing that. But, um, <laughs> you know, I can remember. I'm, I'm an Ohio State fan, so I, I pay attention to the Big Ten every year. And I, 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 I can remember times where, Ohio, you know, Ohio State had to play Purdue, and we had our hands full. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And Purdue wasn't necessarily ranked. Um, but they came to play. And so it doesn't really surprise me that they knocked off Iowa, but the way that they did it was a little bit surprising, you know, because if you're the number two team in the nation, you're undefeated, you would expect to at least put up a fight. And it just seemed like they didn't, like Holly said, they didn't get off the bus. So I'm not sure if, like she said, maybe the ranking got to their heads or, you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> but it was pretty, hum- I mean, pretty it, humbling experience. Right. Exactly. Um, I mean, that's, that's big, especially for Iowa moving up in the trending mode because they're they're normally in that top fifteen, top twenty conversation, and now they're really in the top five. And these this thing right here, you know, you don't see that uh, very often. A top five team completely get, you know, beat down. I mean, yeah. you know, Alabama <laughs> is a surprise of the year. I think Alabama losing and dropping to five is huge. And that's probably the shocker of the whole the whole season so far. Um, so entering this week, uh, Terry, 13 undefeated teams remain in college football. After this week's action, two teams, which is Iowa and Kentucky, have fallen from the un, unbeaten ranks. Um, so mm-hmm. three undefeated teams suffered scares. Uh, that would be San Diego State, which barely got by San, San Jose State, and two overtimes on Friday. 19 to 13. Uh, I was up for that one because I'm I'm right here, in, you know, in South San Jose by the, you know Monterey. So that was a pretty interesting game to see a two double overtime clash. That's kind of rare uh, to have out here. <laughs> Normally, it's either a blowout or you know, I mean, it's not even close. Uh, on Saturday, number 10 Michigan State and number 12 Oklahoma State overcame halftime deficits to pick up the win. So there is a there is a really Competitive scares right there when you talk about Michigan State and Oklahoma State. And to Holly's point there, uh, you know, these teams are basically getting by. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've always been kind of enamored with undefeated teams. You know what I mean? I've always, I, I mean, I, I just, I enjoy excellence um, in football anywhere, anywhere I can find it, whether it's the Texas Lead Spartans or the Alabama Crimson Tide, Ohio State Buckeyes, you know. New England mm-hmm. Patriots, whoever it is. But to that point, you know, like I said, staying undefeated is – or starting undefeated is one thing. Staying undefeated is another. And there's a reason that when the season's over, there's never more than, you know, 
two or three teams at the most that actually finish the season undefeated. And so it's kind of cool that there's that many left right now. Um, but like I just said, you know, Iowa getting shellacked like that <clears throat> is crazy. And then to that point, Alabama lost a game, and that game came down to the very end. They barely lost. And so, you know, there's just a really big difference between having a slobber knocker back and forth and barely losing. Um, and then with Iowa just getting, you know, pummeled like that, it's just a big difference. So I'm not sure if that's like a conference thing or a prestige thing. I'm not really sure what to attribute that to, but you know, it's, you just can't, I mean, you know, if you if you really believe in yourself and you believe you can run the table, you can't not show up to a game like that. And um, I, I like that there's that many undefeated teams still remaining. But when you see teams that are kind of barely getting by, you know what I mean, or squeaking one out, that kind of let, that kind of lets you know how mortal they are. And so that's why I'm a little bit more impressed with teams like Georgia, that they, their games aren't that close usually. Yeah, exactly. Um, so with when uh, Texas go, Texas went down again, it was uh, number 12 Oklahoma. Uh, it was uh, one of the two uh, top-ranked matchups in Week 7 that we talked about last week. So through, uh, through quarters, uh, Texas running back Robinson scored three touchdowns from scrimmage for the fourth game in the last two seasons, giving Texas a 24-16 to lead. However, to Holly's point, the fourth quarter saw a Longhorn collapse where Oklahoma State outgained Texas 170 yards to one yard, and the Cowboys outscored them 16-0 to in that quarter. So, uh, I, if you're Texas, man, that's got to hurt big time. Yeah, it makes you wonder. You know, um, some a former coach myself, it makes you wonder, you know, is it coaching it? Is it coaching adjustments at halftime? Is it players having a lack of faith, like they're waiting for a bad thing to happen? Um, is it players getting complacent once they have a lead? You know, just there's a few different ways you can look at it, and you don't really know unless you're in that locker room. Um, but regardless, it's just, it's, a, it's unfortunate, you know, especially if you're a Longhorn fan. It's got to be grueling to watch. So, it's a bummer. Yeah, that was just, just not good. I mean, uh, you you blow a lead like that, and it's I think consecutively now. So that's not that doesn't look good for you at this point. Um, so absolutely, it was kind of a crazy, kind of a crazy weekend for the for college football. So I'll break it down from some of the notes I got from Yahoo Sports and also from ESPN and uh, NCAA.com, uh, PFF College. So I gather all these notes, you know, just to kind of, like, break it down. But, uh, I mean, if you were, if you were glued, <laughs> Terry, to the TV and you're sitting right there at your, uh, what, what I call your Star Trek command center, uh, I mean, man, <laughs> were you entertained all weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was a great weekend of football. Like I said, I don't watch as much college football as I do NFL. I'm kind of like a, I'm obsessed with football in general, um, but aside from keeping up with Ohio State, I don't really pride myself in following college because there's so many damn teams. It's just kind of hard oh, to, yeah. you know, <laughs> track all that. Which that's, you might that's be why I have a, That's that's why I have Holly break it down for me because uh, there's no way I can keep up with it. You know what I mean? I end up taking yeah. up notes and stuff. I, I got I'm consumed with just uh, you know women's women's tackle football you know, internationally yeah. and, and everything yeah. else that's happening that I don't have, I don't, my time frame is, my window is so short that on college yeah. football, I got to take notes because I'm more focused on yep. the NFL like you are, 
you know what I mean, just diving in the NFL content and things like that. So it makes more sense for me to dive in the NFL because you know, obviously it gets me more reach. Uh, you know, in terms of a, a brand perspective, it's going to get you more mm-hmm. obviously an audience, and that's what breaks it down. Um, so let's let's look at this one. Early window, LSU rushing attack emerged and knocks off number 20 Florida. UConn barely held on to defeat Yale to pick up its first win in like 720-something days. Uh, in the MAC, mm-hmm. Buffalo defeated Ohio by kicking a field goal as time expired. Uh, in the mid-afternoon slot, the Carolinas uh, basically were in, in focus. Two second-half rushing touchdowns by Sam Howell uh, led North Carolina to a victory over Miami. In the final minute of Vanderbilt versus South Carolina, a nine-yard touchdown pass from quarterback Nolan put the Gamecocks in front. So there's a couple of the excitement that came in. So that was a even on Friday night, uh, it was Clemson defeated uh, Syracuse and number nine Oregon defeated Cal, and those games came down to the final possession uh, in opposing territory as well. So if you were, like I said, if you were if you were watching college football this weekend, man, were you uh, you, you were just consuming popcorn basically? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, kind of makes you wish that bottles of popcorn. Seriously, I mean, uh, either beer or popcorn, one of the two. It was just, just yeah. the way it was, basically. Um, we're on Twitter, so we're following everybody on Twitter just to keep up with everything. So Fox College Football, Reddit, uh, PFF College, NCA.com. So if you uh, check us out on Twitter, we normally retweet some of the stuff that's happening in college football, kind of the breakdowns as well and things like that. So uh, very interesting week for college football. So. Before we get out of here, let's let's dive into the next week, and uh, Holly will break it down for us right now. Here are some of the best matchups for college football for next week. Northwestern at number six, Michigan. This has the makings for a classic trap game for Michigan. They have been rolling, and then two weeks from now, they could be facing their rivals in Michigan State as both undefeated teams. But first, they have to face a feisty Northwestern team. Will they fall for the trap? Number eight, Oklahoma State at Iowa State. This is a solid Big 12 matchup. These teams are evenly matched. Brees Hall is one of the best backs in the country, but so is Jalen Warren. Iowa State could play spoiler to the Cowboys' hopes for the playoffs and conference championships. Number 10, Oregon at UCLA. Oregon has struggled after their earlier win against Ohio State. The fan base is restless watching such a talented squad play down to their opponents. Fans are also clamoring for a quarterback change. Anthony Brown is poised and experienced, but his lack of ability to get the ball downfield means the offense can be stagnant at times. UCLA, meanwhile, also has felt like they've underachieved this year. This could be a turning point for both teams in the season. A solid win might be exactly what Oregon needs to regain momentum. LSU at number 12, Ole Miss. Both teams are coming off solid wins. LSU knocked out Florida, and Ole Miss held on against Tennessee. LSU's been playing spoiler this season and could hear again. Number five, Ohio State at Indiana. Ohio State has played much better the last couple of weeks, and on paper this should be a blowout. However, Indiana has been competitive for the most part in their losses, and this is at home for them. They'll be rocking. Penix has to bring some magic that he had last year, and they have to create turnovers on defense to have a shot, but I do have a feeling about this game. All right, um, Terry, so let's start right there. Uh, Ohio State, as uh, she's mentioning right now, uh, coming up to week eight here, your thoughts on, on that? 
Well, with all due respect, um, Holly can can have a feeling about whatever she wants to, but uh, <laughs> Holly's going to beat Indiana on Saturday. So uh, that's just the way it is. So heads up, Indiana. That's strong cocky. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, Ohio State is a really good, really good team. They have been for a long time. They're well coached. Um, this year we have a lot of young players, a lot of mm-hmm. like, you know, first year starters, and so that's kind of how we um, have had our games go the way they went. We, you know, lost to Oregon, but with a team like that, and this is what I was hoping would happen with Ohio State as the season progresses and those players get more experience, you start start to see them hit their stride and play like they should. So, you know, full steam ahead, in my opinion. I'm not saying we're going to run the table, but we definitely could run the table. And um, if anybody's going to knock us off, it's not going to be Indiana. And so, how I feel about it. And um, So, technically, you're not long, scared, Terry. I'm not. I'm not, not in the least bit. No. <laughs> not going to lie to you. Yeah, no. Um, I agree with you. I think that I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure Indiana. Uh, I mean, unless it's the shocker of all shockers, <laughs> which could happen once in a lifetime. Yeah. Uh, probably not. If you're in Vegas, you're probably not betting on Indiana, unless you're a fool or something. More than likely. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, they um, don't they? They have a quarterback. I think he's a left-hander, and I want to say he's yep. injured. If I remember correctly, yeah, um, no, they're they're not coming in. They're not coming in like you said, full guns. And even if they did have yeah. full guns, the the opportunity for them to, you know, the opportunity for Ohio State to lose again probably not going to be there, especially against Indiana. So, yeah. Um, yeah, week eight of the college football season does not have a matchup between ranked teams, which is kind of weird. Uh, that doesn't mean that there aren't intriguing matchups, but. Four ranked teams are underdogs against unranked opponents. That would include number eight, Oklahoma State, and number 10, Oregon. LSU, which agreed to part ways with uh, Ed Oregon, the end of the season, travels to number 12, Ole Miss. Number 13, Notre Dame, uh, resumes their rivalry with US, USC, which uh, fired Coach Clay Hilton in week two, which is I was happy about since if you're a UCLA fan, you're good to go. Uh, number <laughs> number one, Alabama and Tennessee renew their rivalry in the SEC. And number 23, Pitt, has a chance to knock off Clemson out of the ACC race um, for good. So uh, if you're talking about, you know, what's going to happen on Wednesday in terms of who's going to win at this point, uh, the betting lines are pretty much up already. So if you're a betting guy, um, you pretty much go to Vegas and figure it out. So Saturday, as an example, uh, number two, Cincinnati, uh, favored at Navy, okay? The Bearcats have scored 50-plus mm-hmm. points in the last two games. Pretty easy to figure that out. Uh, they will, you know, they will pro- they'll probably beat Navy in, in a big, big amount. Uh, the Shipmen are at home where they've covered the last two games. Cincinnati will run it up given the opportunity, but uh, Navy holds for, for cover. So if you're betting, uh, you want to maybe take Cincinnati at this point uh, to do that. Uh, Oklahoma. At Kansas, Kansas is bad, Terry, and they have lost by an average of 32 points in Big 12 home games against Baylor and Texas. So that tells you right there. Oklahoma's found its hyperdrive with Caleb Williams at quarterback. Uh, so the Sooners mm-hmm. should be, you know, the team to win there. Uh, Illinois 
at number six, Penn State. Same thing. This game is uh, tough to pick, especially knowing that Illinois ranks last in the Big Ten with just 17 points per game, so it doesn't look well for uh, Illinois in this matchup. Northwestern against number seven, Michigan. Um, so that's also uh, everybody's going with Michigan, has won four of the last six meetings, plus uh, four of those have been one-score games, which, uh, you know, they could be close at this point. Um, what else do we have in the line? Oh, Oklahoma State. At Iowa State, uh, so what do the what do the Cowboys have to do to get a re- little respect? Uh, Iowa State is a near touchdown favorite at home, despite the fact that Oklahoma State has won eight of the last ten meetings. So Vegas still still picking Oklahoma State to win, like thirty four thirty one, you know, in, in that. So I, I don't know if you know if you're a betting guy, there's there's something there. Uh, Oregon uh, taking on my uh, my Bruins. So I'm I'm assuming uh, they're going to favor Oregon at this point because UCLA is kind of sporadic and inconsistent. So there you go. And mm-hmm. then LSU uh, at Old Miss, number 12 Old Miss. So the Tigers are underdog for the third straight uh, week, I guess. The secondary's health is worth mon- uh, monitoring Old Miss's high-powered offense. LSU has won the last five meetings in the series, and the running game perked up against Florida. It still won't be enough. So the betting lines in Vegas are – picking Ole Miss to win, um, take down, obviously, LSU. Well, I am a bet, I am a betting man. Um, I yep. don't usually bet NFL because I know more about NFL, but all I'll say is those lines are the way that they are for a reason. And once sure. in a while you can find something that's kind of easy um, to pick, but most of the time there's a reason. <laughs> you know, those guys are pros that are picking them, so – might not look like it makes sense, but you know they know they know stuff we don't know. So be careful. With, yeah, I with usually bet. go. I usually go with the pros because uh, it it, it, mean, it means uh, that I get a little bankroll more 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 times yeah. than not. Yeah. <laughs> than my gut. <laughs> That's smart. Especially yeah. if it's college, I have no clue. Yeah. Like I'm to so, your point, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna throw my money away on my gut feeling. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually recently came to a conclusion about myself, and that's that. When I'm making bets on the NFL, I literally have to like not have the AFC North in my bets. Like I just sure. I can't bet on the Browns, I can't bet on the Steelers, nope. I can't bet on the Ravens. Probably shouldn't even bet on the Bengals because I'm definitely biased towards the Browns and I I definitely want teams like the Steelers and Ravens to lose. And so since that's a reality, <laughs> it's just not smart to put that, put that in your bet. You know what I mean? Even if it makes sense on paper, um, you're, you're kind of betting what you want to happen instead of what actually will happen. And so I have to – Yeah, and that's, stop, that, that's stop a bad recipe. Money that's yeah. a bad recipe. <laughs> not Absolutely. good. You might as well – as my neighbor once told me about betting, if, you're, if your inclination is bad, you might as well just throw that money in the toilet and flush it because that's what you're doing. <laughs> Like just go flush it in the toilet because it's yeah. not good for you. Um, Clemson at Pitt, number 23 Pitt. Uh, can the Panthers knock out the Tigers once and for all? Clemson's offense continues to struggle this season, but the defense remains tough. Pitt has a chance to flex with quarterback Pickett. The Tigers make their statement on the road. Uh, obviously, the, the betting lines favor Clemson to win here in, a, in, a, in an upset. Uh, Wisconsin mm-hmm. at number 25 Purdue. The Boilermakers are riding high after an upset against Iowa, and now they face another struggling offense in Wisconsin. 
The Badgers, however, have a tough run defense, and this seems like a spot for a potential letdown. Uh, so they're looking at Wisconsin to maybe cover and at this point win. Uh, what do you got? Tennessee at Alabama. So this is a uh, obviously uh, going to be a, a struggle for the the Tennessee Vols, right? <laughs> Just right off the bat, as you yeah. read it, uh, Alabama yeah. p- appears to be in scorched earth mode after losing to Texas A&M. <laughs> the Tide have covered three of the last four weeks, so uh, looks looks to be a blowout. It's going to be like probably fifty to twenty or something as it stands right now. So more than likely it's going to be a blowout in that, in that game. Yeah. Um, I think that's here. What do we got? Oh. Uh, USC at Notre Dame. Notre Dame and USC resumed their traditional rivalry, and both teams had an extra week to prepare. The Trojans have played better on the road this season, but the Irish are 1-2 and two and their favorite. So Notre Dame is the more consistent team. The Irish win their fourth straight in the series. Uh, so Vegas is thinking Notre Dame will cover and win. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, when you see a two-point spread, I mean, yep. it doesn't get much closer than that. So, hopefully it's as good of a game as I think it's, it's going to be. All right, so you should be happy. Uh, they're also picking uh, number five, Ohio State. Uh, Hoosers and Buckeyes played a one-score classic last season, but a lot has changed for Indiana this last year. Indiana has the same defense, but they don't have the offensive power, to your point before, necessary keep up. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's going to be probably 42-20 is the prediction here for Ohio State. So more than likely a blowout as well there. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure what the score will be, but I feel like Ohio State can score a decent amount of points on Indiana, and I think Indiana will have a hard time keeping up. So we'll see if they can score 20 on us. Um, but I think either any way you slice it, we win by more than a couple of scores. So. Yeah, the other game that's interesting is number 19, NC State, is starting to emerge as an SEC championship favorite, and they hit the road for another cross test here. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke has filled in well at quarterback for Miami, which has lost its last two ACC games by a combined total of five points. Uh, This is an upset risk here, but uh, everybody's still taking NC State to cover against Miami. So uh, I guess that's a safe bet if you want to go that route to take the NC State instead. Well, um, I mean, yeah, if they're ranked higher and they're, they seem a little bit healthier or just playing better football, then that's a safe pick. But, I mean, you said the, the guy throwing in – the guy throwing in quarterback was for Miami, right? Yep. Yeah. So, if he's been doing a good job of keeping games close, um, you know, he could be building momentum towards putting a full game, full game together. So, who knows? They could – they could upset them for sure, but the easy thing. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Stay. Interesting week. Um, so uh, we're going to be watching uh, obviously the week eight top twenty-five. We're going to keep an eye on it. Go to the hub, mm-hmm. get the latest right there at the hub. We're going to break it down, give you the give you the recaps. Plus, we have some previews there. If you're into the betting lines, obviously uh, most of the stuff is on Twitter, and we'll usually tweet tweet it out out there as well or share it. So uh, college football fix predictions against the spread. Uh, you can check it out right there, ncafootball.com. You can also go to sportingnews.com uh, and get the information there. So pretty pretty awesome weekends coming up here in this uh, week eight of the college football season. So really, really awesome. Uh, if you guys haven't gone to Monkey Night Fight, 100% instant match up to $100 on your first deposit. Easy to play, big cash prizes. Uh, you can just go there now, monkeynightfight.com. Use our code NJF. Get started today. Uh, so you can check out NBA now started today. 
You can check out NFL for the remainder of the season. Uh, if you're into MMA, PGA, even tennis, uh, check it out. Go to Mikey Knight Fight. Easy. No, no big deal. Um, I like to do more or less because it's simple. Uh, so it's fast, simple prop games, shark-free fantasy, more or less, fantasy challenges, start players only, a $2 minimum. You get a $5 free play already off, right off the bat with our code NJF. So get an instant deposit up to $100 and sign up today. Use the code NJF. All right? And I'm, I'm, I'm there all the time, Terry. Uh, Monkey Knife Fight's good for me because it's just like one or the other. You can do, you know, is Roethlisberger going to score, is going to throw over this amount of, or, or so-and-so is going to throw under this amount. It's way easier to pick mm-hmm. than uh, a Vegas line or figuring that out. So if you got an inclination for that, I mean, you can put in a good $5 and make $15. Um, but, you know, normally if you, you know, put in $100, you're going to make almost $300. So it's a really simple way to make some quick, easy money if your inclination's cool. So Monkey Knife Fight's our yeah. sponsor of our podcast, so check it out. Go to monkeyknifefight.com, use the code NJF to get started today. All right. Um, all right, Terry, what, uh, let's go into the international news uh, before we get up to the top of the hour. We've got about 20 minutes, and then we'll have Mac coming in here, and then we're going to just dive into everything NFL, and we're probably going to end up talking Browns and, of course, her Cowboys, like she always does. Um, so yep. not breaking it down for America's team for for whatever reason is is you know, clean. I don't know about that, but anyway, uh, she's very strong about it. Uh, so uh-huh. let's let's dive into here. Um, big 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 weekend in women's tackle football international. Uh, we talked about Berno Amazon's uh, last uh, last podcast, Terry, and guess what? Berno Amazon's will not be making the final in Czech Republic. They are out. So that snaps their, their winning streak uh, in appearance. No, they're they not going to the finals. They are literally, uh, I think, two and two on the season almost. So that means uh, both Prague Harpies and uh, Prague Black Cats with one week left in the season have now earned their berth to the Rose Bowl on November 7th. So Berno oh, gotcha. will, so the, the streak's over. Berno yeah, will not gotcha. participate in the final this year. So uh, since 2015, they have been the top dog, and this is the year that they get uh, they are not going to the finals, which is kind of mm. unique in this season for for uh, the Czech Republic, which is says a lot about both teams in Prague, right? Stepped up their game, they're uh, a yeah. lot better, and so now they're showing it. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, first of all, huge shout out to them for for being that dominant for that long because. I mean, it's hard to be dominant for one season, let alone five in a row. So that's very commendable. But as I said before, like, you know, things that go into how a team is doing, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of factors, right? It's, it's usually contributing factors to how they're doing it, whether it's good or bad, whether it's coaching or player turnover or team chemistry, drama, who knows, right? And so – since they were that dominant for five years and this year, this year they, they didn't make it um, for a chance to get with another title. It, it makes you wonder, right? And you don't really know unless you are kind of in that organization probably, uh, but it makes you wonder if those other teams just did get that much better. Did they just flat out beat them and they're better now? Or if, you know, something else happened and they took a huge step back this season as far as how competitive they are. And so it just makes me curious. 
I'll probably never find out the answer, but makes you wonder, you know. Well, we got the, we do we do have the breakdown at the hub. Uh, we're able to get it from uh, CAAZ from uh, the breakdown right there. The article's right there. It's going to break it down for us. Uh, so this past weekend, week five, Craig Harpies, uh, forty-two to eighteen, take down Warsaw Sirens. We talked about the Sirens, obviously zero and five on the season, struggling to you know to just you know get a win. Uh, they're still, you know, they're still putting up an average of 20 points a game, so they're having, they haven't given up. Uh, Prague uh, Black Cats, 31, uh, Bruno 27, last play of the game almost, and that's what it, uh, uh, the Black Cats edge Bruno Amazon. So uh, Terry, that's got a sting for Bruno, knowing that they could almost have won that game. Yeah, I mean that's that's rough. I was just um, that reminds me of this Facebook coaches group that I'm in where a high school coach said they they barely lost their high school game is their season's over now and he feels horrible for the seniors. He feels he feels he feels like he let them down from a coaching perspective and it's just eating them alive. He's having a hard time sleeping at night. Um so I wonder if Bruno's having a similar feeling right now. Well that loss right there by three uh, almost three points that puts them out of the playoffs. So they win yeah. there there's an opportunity for them to, you know, maybe return to defend the title, but it didn't happen. So yeah. week six, yeah. very interesting matchup here. Uh, Prague Harpies will take on Bruno Amazon. So this is a, I guess if you're Bruno, you want to just finish strong and want to take down the Harpies or go into the playoffs. So maybe, you know, put it in their heads that they're not as good as they should be. Um, so yeah. that's, that's the matchup going in here. The Black Cats are going to take on the Sirens who have struggled all season. So, should be an easy win for them there. Black Cats will face Prague Harpies, as decided now, for the Rose Bowl on November 7th. Uh, the Black Cats have not been into uh, – I mean, sorry, the Harpies have not been into a final since the inauguration of 2015. So this is their first return to a final. It's been a long time for that for that uh, organization. Yeah, absolutely. Those are some – some intriguing matchups. I'm interested to see how the Bruno game goes since they are mathematically out of the playoffs and they're playing a team that's in the playoffs and they have a lot mm-hmm. of prestige. Um, it makes me wonder how that game's going to go. So maybe how that game goes tells us kind of, you know, what Bruno's really made of this year. Um, Cause if they're out of it and they're, you know, they're depressed about not making the playoffs and their morale's down, then they'll probably just lose the game because they don't really care that much. There's not much at stake. But if they have pride Terry, and they're pissed off about – If you're the coach, this is the last game of the season. You can salvage somewhat of a season. You know, you can go two and three, or you can just go go 500. Uh, you still want to be able to go 500, I mean, to finish at least three and three or something like that. Or So at this oh, point, sure. you know, they're playing for pride more so than anything because obviously they're not, yeah. not going to defend their title. And they're playing yeah. the top team in – in the league right now that it's going to the finals. So it would be kind of a statement game for them to win their last game against the Harpies and send the Harpies into the final kind of with, with some doubt against the Black Cats. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I wish they could kind of play spoiler, but it sounds like mathematically that's not possible. Uh, but that, that's, that's no, a very intriguing matchup. Those two teams are a shoo-in already, so that's, that's pretty much yeah. set already in stone. Whether, they lo- when, whether the Harpies lose or win, they're already in it. So it's basically yeah. a tune-up game, kind of a prepper-type game for them. Um, so, gotcha. you know, shout-out to Warsaw for playing tough all season, putting up 20 points, but unfortunately 
they were not they're not going to garner any wins so they they go winless on the season at this point so uh maybe they don't i mean we're we're speaking too soon here we've still got one more week to play so maybe they could muster it up and maybe uh we'll see an upset right <laughs> both breaks teams lose in the final <laughs> week before their their playoff tune up things strange things yeah. have happened and this is 999 so you know things could happen 999 is a totally different animal than 1111 so scoring's a little faster yeah. and stuff like that yeah, true that. All right, um, Queens Football League. We go to Amst- uh, go to Amsterdam uh, week seven. Uh, it's coming up here. It's going to be uh, Rottenham Ravens against the Wolverines. We got four weeks left in the Queensland uh, League here. Get the you get the uh, lowdown on Queensland right there at the hub at facebook.com for Sacramento Beauties. Uh, there's been a couple forfeit games there in terms of Queensland. The season has been kind of a up and down situation. So I don't know if it has to do with COVID, but there's been like almost three forfeits in the last uh, four weeks. Uh, week five in October, it was forfeited. Amster, uh, the Amster, uh, Amsterdam Cats, forf- uh, the Hague were forfeited to the Cats. So they get a 20-0 to zero victory there. And then week six this past weekend, Seoul Blue Jays also forfeited. And the Rottingham Ravens got their 20-0 to zero victory as well. Uh, you get the highlights, plus everything that happened in Queensland. Endenhoven Val- Valkyries, 37-0 shutout of the Wolverines right there at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Grand Beauties. So check out right there. This week coming up, Rottingham Ravens uh, against the Wolverines. So, Terry, uh, Rottingham has been off for almost three weeks, almost uh, three weeks without playing competitive. And then Wolverine ended, uh, Wolverines ended up getting spanked last this past weekend, 37-0. So, uh, this, you know, one team's really fresh, and the other one's coming off a of beating. Yeah, that's the easy math equation, right? Yep. So I, I don't is know. That, if the, is that... I don't know if the Ravens. You know, I don't know if the Wolverines are looking forward to the Ravens, but I'm pretty sure the Ravens are looking forward to hitting somebody after you know yeah. it's almost three weeks off. Yeah, for sure. Is is this this league nine as well? Yeah, this is nine as well. Okay, so let me ask you this. In a, a league like this that plays 9v9, um, how big are the rosters? Like, how much depth is there aside from the uh, nine players that have to be on the field? It's like 25-30-man 30 30 roster. Okay. 25 or 30. Because so I'm thinking, yeah. like you said, there were some forfeits. I'm thinking, like, you know, if you have 25 players and you feel like you need to forfeit a game, how does it go from – you know what I mean? That, that's a pretty big jump from 25 to not being able to play nines. Like you said, I think maybe it's nine. more likely it's injuries from what I'm told. There's a lot of injuries. Yeah. And then there's other issues in terms of COVID guidelines and restrictions in certain cities. So that also has come into play. So that's why I said in the last, uh, since, since week three, there have been mm-hmm. uh, one forfeit every, every week in the league. So it's, uh, yeah. that's kind of, you know, if you're, if you're in the league, you're dealing with a lot of issues, either a lot of injuries on each squad or you're dealing with, obviously, regulations and things like that that are obviously uh, hindering the whole season because they are they still have, um, I think it's a 10-week season, 11-week season, so they still have another couple weeks to go, and we'll see how you know how the games go that way. But uh, Rottingham Ravens will be facing uh, the 030 Wolverines. Uh, like I said, Wolverines coming off that big uh, shutout from uh, – the Valkyries uh, 
and Hoven wins their first game of the of, of the of their debut in the season, in the league, 37 to zero. So shout out to uh, the Valkyries for a great performance. Mm-hmm. And so we're looking forward to Rothingham Ravens taking on the Wolverines. We should have coverage from Queensland Football League as well. Should have some still photos coming in as well. So we'll look we'll look forward to that. And if uh, you know if you don't know what we're talking about, just go to the hub. Right, the hub's where you need to be. Go to the hub, facebook.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties. Get the lowdown right there before every Tuesday when we come in here and start chatting away. Um, the Austrian Football League in Austria, uh, week three, three weeks left there. Salzburg uh, gets beat by two points uh, from the champion Vienna Vikings. Vienna Vikings, really impressive all season. Uh, what a performance by the Ducks, uh, just getting edged with the safety. So uh, kind, of, kind of a tough loss if you're in, in, in Salzburg's position, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Just not good. So um, hopefully they, they can rebound. we got about three, I think, three weeks left in the Austrian uh, Football League. You get the breakdown right there also with the article um, from the Vienna Vikings. And like I said, three weeks left there in that season as well. Uh, we're going to go to Australia next, Terry. Uh, Gridiron West, week one. Uh, Rot- Rottingham Vipers, the champs. Uh, the Claremont Jets forfeited the, the match. So Rockingham gets the, the victory. They're 1-0 on the season. So, you know, not a great start for them. They obviously wanted to play it on the field, but it's not going to happen. And then the mm-hmm. West Coast Wolverines, uh, 44-0 against Swan City. You get the uh, uh, still photos, breakdown, and everything that happened in week one right there at the hub from the best network on the planet, and that is us. And we thank you, uh, Gridiron West, for supplying that uh, West Coast Wolverines as well and all the photographers out there that cover the Gridiron West action. In Australia, uh, Hill Val- Valkyries, they fall to the Curtain Saints 30-12 to 12 as well. So uh, pretty pretty good start for the Curtain, the Curtain Saints and really good start for the West Coast Wolverines. So excitement right there in Gridiron West. So it's uh, week one, and it's going to go through February. So this is a really big stretch. So start now, October through February, that's oh, Gridiron West whole season. So it's going to be a grind. Oh. Yeah, for sure. I have a random question for you, Oscar. Um, when sure. you said those, those, there's there's a few teams that that forfeited games. Is that like, a, mm-hmm. um, is that is it fair to assume that they had less than nine players able to play, or is it just based on the coach didn't feel comfortable, like playing the game based on the amount of players he or she had? As far as I know, um, it, you have a limit roster requirement, and if you don't have that roster requirement. Uh, then you are obviously are forced to forfeit. So oh, okay. if you don't, if you can't, not sure what if you can't, is. you know, um, I don't know offhand. I know it's at least twenty in Gridiron okay. West. So you got to at least gotcha. have twenty. I think twenty to twenty-five suited. And if you don't have mm-hmm. that number, uh, then at that point it's just a matter of calling the game and saying, okay, well, there's just no way I can, you know, risk uh, putting that man amount manpower against a full squad. You know what I mean? It's just kind of ridiculous in that yeah. sense too. So. Gotcha. Um, and this is sense. this is also this is also nine 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 action. So like I said, it's pretty quick. Um, so it's, it's it happens a lot sometimes because of that. Like I said, but it's happening more so just like in uh, um, in Amsterdam where there's obviously restrictions of some sort, and so that mm-hmm. also hinders some of the uh, some of the uh, commitment to play the games each week. Um, West Coast really strong, coming off forty four to zero, Rock of Swan City. So uh, impressive victory win there. Um, Hills Valkyries, 
up really tough, like I said, against Curtin Saints. Uh, week two coming up here, we have the Swan City Titans taking on the Champs, Rockingham Vipers. we got Curtin Saints. We'll take on West Coast Wolverines. That should be a, a pretty awesome matchup. And then you, you're going to have Hills Valkyries. We'll take on the Perth Broncos. So really, really awesome matchups. Week two, we will cover that. No questions. Great on West. We're on it. Uh, they work with us with our network partners as well. So you'll get week-to-week action in terms of Great Iron West. So really awesome. And thanks to all our Australia followers for uh, always supporting us and listening to us on all our platforms. So really appreciate you guys out, out in Aussie land helping us out over in New South Wales, Queensland, Victoria, and, uh, you know, over in, in the west side as well. So really big fans of us as well. And I really appreciate your support out there and always, uh, you know, giving us a, a big support out there. So really awesome. All right. Um, all right, Terry, let's go into the others, the other section, and that's going to be Mexico. We're in Mexico. We'll finish up here before we get to the NFL. Uh, Mexico, mm-hmm. Lexfa, week one, uh, Panteras, 70-0, to zero, uh, Terry, against the Spartans, Oros. So uh, Spartans, mm-hmm. Oros probably did not wake up because, uh, wow, that's eight-on-eight eight arena, <laughs> and that's, that's the, yeah, uh, that's a spanking. Yeah, 70 nothing is, there's not much – good to take away from it um unfortunately we see we've seen scores like that in women's football here in the u.s whether it be the wfa or wnfc and um you know it's not really it's not really a good look to be honest uh, when you have a team that's that lopsided um that has players which is far superior coaching coaching is superior a bigger roster you know better recruiting just across the board just better um, it's not it's not a good uh, it's not a good look for you know the spectators basically because who wants to watch? I mean, if, if you're if you're playing this you know offensively, you are just completely getting just it's a clinic, right? Seventy to zero is a yeah. clinic, just a pure yeah. clinic. And the other team yeah. is probably have has no answer on either side. Either they're just yeah. you know like you said superior, and it's just a clinic. Yeah. It's just so Panteras, Panteras S twenty one seventy to zero victory over Spartans in Week One in Lexfa. Uh, we have um, uh, Trubanamada twenty thirteen over Gladi- Gladiadores, uh, twenty to thirteen right there as well. So congratulations to uh, the Trubanamada. Then you have fifty seven to twelve Aztecas Oda uh, take down the Stormtroopers. So a really a really awesome matchup there. Uh, you can go right there to the hub, or you can go directly to uh, Lexfa, uh, Lexfa Arena Football Mexico, the link, and you can get the link right there also at the post, and you can check out all the action for the uh, Lexfa Femenil uh, 2021 season. So you have all those there. We also have still photos from the, the action that happened in the uh, Pantera Siglo versus Spartans uh, at Quintero. So that was the action there, the 70-0 matchup there. Probably not great photos in terms of one side scoring, but there it is. And then you also have the other matchup as well, uh, Gladiadores versus Tribu Nobada. You get the action still photos there, uh, courtesy of Lexfor Arena Football Mexico as well. So appreciate them, um, you know, supporting us as well and then uh, us sharing that. You get the article at the Hub as well, Week 5, 2021 Highlights of the Czech Republic women's matchup, Prague Harpies routing Warsaw Sirens 42-18, to 18, and that uh, the win secures 
a finals berth into the 2021 Rose Bowl Championship for the Harpies. You also get the uh, Women's Women's Football Alliance season teaser preview for Nationwide, uh, courtesy of the Maha Blaze. So if you're in Colorado, WFA tryouts Nationwide now. Go to WFAProFootball.com. You can uh, follow Mile High Blaze on Facebook. You can follow them on all their social sites. So pretty cool, awesome, uh, kind of a Halloween type of video, uh, uh, kind of in-depth there. So it's pretty cool. Thanks. Uh, Shout-out to Robert Washington for that cool video that was done for the 2022 Mile High Blaze. So that's pretty cool. Then we also get the breakdown uh, of the NWFL in UK. So it's Central West Division. Uh, Birmingham Lions own the Division 6-0. and zero. Should be able to punch in their tickets to a playoff appearance there. Southeast Division, same thing. London Warriors, 6-0. and oh. uh, You got P- uh, Petersburg Royals, 4-0. Oh. Uh, let me see what the other ones are looking like here. I'm just going to go through scroll with. Oh, the Partsmouth Dreadnoughts, 2-1. and one. Probably going to uh, need another tournament uh, result there to see if they can break out of it. Um, the other one here, let me see here. Oh, it's North Division. It was Cheeside Steelers, 2-0 and uh, in that division as well. So pretty awesome uh, breakdown right there uh, in terms of the uh, UK NWFL season, uh, courtesy of the British American Football Association on Facebook. And uh, we also uh, thanks our forward progress group uh, also that we uh, share with. They're always updating and doing a great job over there at Forward Progress as well, Women's Tackle Football. It's a U.K. group that we obviously network with. Really awesome. And then uh, you also go to the hub and you get the breakdown, NFL uh, notable injuries, news from Sunday's Week 6 games, right there, breaking it down, and all the action that happened overseas in the games. Like I said, mentioned before, Aiden Hoven uh, Valkyries versus the 030 Wolverines from the Queensland Football League. Uh, thanks to Jury Photo for supplying the uh, photos for the game day matchups as well. You get live stream week two, 2021, LaFay Division One Eleven. The, tit- uh, the Titans of Quintero stay undefeated with a 28-14 win versus Raiders Feminil. Titans improved to 2-0 on the season, while the Raiders fall to 1-1. You get the uh, live stream right there of the matchup from Titanes Feminil QRO. Also, week two, live, uh, thanks to Tercer Cuarto, our network partner in Mexico. They were covering the LaFay Division One action as well. Uh, Mexico's football edged Lobos 20-16 to rebound after a week two loss, 18-0 to Mayas. So full game, second half action right there uh, in terms of the Mexica, Mexicas against the, uh, the Toluca Wolves. Really, really awesome. And then you get the breakdown and highlight from Gridiron West. Like I said, Curtin Saints taking on Hills uh, Valkyries, Gridiron Club right there. And you also get the West Coast Wolverines American Football Club taking on Swan City um, Titans in that sense as well. Uh, and, uh, Terry, uh, game-worn, finally, uh, the two coaches in the Super Bowl, Marl Yavadifar and um, uh, Coach Lori Locus, the game-worn shoes of the Tampa Bay assistant coach and uh, the, uh, from Super Bowl are now on display in Canton. So really, really cool. Yeah, that is really cool. It's cool to see. I saw some stuff on social media. I think it was having to do with Katie Sowers. Um, 
Chase Sowers or maybe Callie Brownson. It's really cool to see, you know, the female referees that I've seen in games, uh, female coaches, some of the, some of the ones we've seen from, you know, female football, um, actually getting chances to coach in the NFL. Um, and so it's just awesome to see, and hopefully it's just the beginning. So really cool to see. So really, really cool. Uh, Lori Locus um, into the Hall of Fame uh, based on her Super Bowl appearance. So congratulations to Coach Lori Locus. Great job there. Uh, also get the breakdown from CAAF uh, Czech Republic on the Czech uh, Republic Women's Final Rose Bowl. For the first time, it will be played without the Brno Amazons. The finals berth were secured by both Prague teams in week five. We've got one more week left, uh, and then they get to duel on November 7th. And it will be the first time in – since 2015, that the Brno Amazons will not participate in a championship final. So uh, pretty awesome for the Prague teams to improve on that. Uh, Lafay Division One, uh, a week week two, uh, Mexico's 20 to 16 over the Lobos to Titan, the Titans, 28-14 against the Raiders. Uh, Maya Souls uh, forfeited to Pumita. I'm sorry, Pumitas forfeited to Maya Souls, so they get the win. Uh, Dragonas Rojos. Uh, a 31-6 takedown, Mayas Puebla. Mayas Blanco, 33-0 against Panteras Negras. So uh, those are the results for week two, uh, October 17th. We've got week three coming up here. We'll get you everything set up for the lowdown. Pumitas against Mexicas. I don't know if Pumitas are going to participate or are going to forfeit again. Uh, Raiders will take on Mayas Azul, coming off the uh, forfeit win, uh, taking on the Raiders, who uh, obviously need a rebound win here. And then Lobos against Titans, once again here, uh, it's pretty pretty cool. Uh, it's going to be see the clash of clashes. So it's always a great matchup. Division two, Mayas Pueblo will take on Mayas Blanco, uh, and then Halcones will be taking on Dragones. So we'll keep up to date on everything that's happening in Lafay, as well in Lexpa, and then uh, FFX FFX Norte will also be. Uh, you know, coming up soon, so we will get the lowdown on that as well. Um, congratulations to Odessa Jenkins, who was chosen for the iFund Women Entrepreneur of the Year uh, finalist, so which celebrates extraordinary women entrepreneurs who have opened product market fit, driven growth, and demonstrated a meaningful impact through their businesses. So she's going to be pitching the WNFC. I believe it's a $100,000 grant, uh, so it's the Entrepreneur of the Year grant. So uh, she's going to be there. Full details right there at ifundmewoman.com slash entrepreneur of the year 2021. So uh, there you go, Terry. Uh, just making waves. Odessa's still, you know, trying to get that extra funding to get this league on another level. So Can't stop, won't stop, Oscar. Nope, not her. She's got a, she's got a lot <laughs> of energy. Play that right now. Yeah. <laughs> she is a bunny. Yeah, she is what, a bunny. One thing I wanted to mention before we move on to NFL is, you know, we were talking about with Borno, how they had like titles since 2015. And then this year is the first year that it made to the playoffs. One of the things that I was thinking about that could be a reason um, is sometimes you'll have like one player that's just unstoppable. And then when that player either leaves your team or retires, it literally can change your whole team. Kind of like, how Derrick Henry is in the NFL. It's just like not many teams Good can point. stop him. You know Good what I'm saying? You're, you're right. So, Cause there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of strategy with certain coaches that just rely on one chess piece, right? That's, that's exactly. your point. Exactly. And then that chess yeah. piece is gone. And now you're like, you can't, 
uh, somewhat <laughs> make up for that, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Irreplaceable players. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, it happens a lot in high school, too. I mean, you know, you get that one that one kid that just does his thing, right? And then he moves on. Yeah. And then that program yep. kind of sort of regresses, right? And a lot of stuff yeah. in terms of recruitment. Exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, also, want to give a shout-out to our uh, uh, former co-host, uh, Chelsea Alt of the New York, former New York Wolf as well. Um, she was out there in her neck of the woods over in Staunton uh, High School, and she was out there at uh, Sauk Perry High School and three badass girls on the football field. So check out the little article that we shared right there. So shout-out to Chelsea uh, Alt. Just kicking ass out there, inspiring all these uh, young girls to make their dreams come true, and uh, they're playing high school football, so it's pretty cool. Absolutely. All right. Uh, final week in Austria. We talked about it, so you get the lowdown right there. Uh, Dacia Vienna Vikings uh, taking down Salisbury Ducks 14-2. to two. Um, The week six clash of the uh, Edenhaven, also right there at the hub. So if you go to the hub, you get everything down right there, including uh, Jen Walter and her motivational speeches on occasion that we share off of Instagram. She's always awesome, very ins- inspiring as well. And don't forget, uh, Jen's going to be on Thursday nights going forward. You can follow her on all her social platforms. It's going to be Thursday night via Twitch. Uh, get the uh, promo right there. Uh, we'll put it out tomorrow as well. So you can t- take advantage of that. Watch uh, Coach – Dr. Jen Walter right there. Check it out. Breaking down Thursday night via Amazon Prime video as well as on Twitch. So pretty cool. So she's always making waves. Uh, same thing with Odessa. This uh, Coach Coach Jen, man, always on the go. Yep. It's not, not a surprise they're, they're friends. Not surprised. Not surprised. <laughs> former Diamonds, too. I just have to add that. Former, yep. former Diamond yep. right there. Yeah, just yep, crazy. Um, we also uh, want to sh- give a shout-out to Feva Sports. Feva Sports, uh, also a uh, networking partner of us down south, and they're uh, featuring the Liga Elite Monterey fall season. So we got week one right there, uh, Rockers against the Lobos, the second half there. We also had week one Troyanas against Wolverines, uh, live coverage right there in terms of the live stream. Wolfpack against Authenticas. So check it out right there, the fall and winter season of the uh, Liga Elite de Monterrey. It's going to be right there. And then the news came out where uh, the Women's American Football of Honduras will return in 2021, and it will also field a national team for the 2022 uh, Yucatan uh, National uh, Women's women's, uh, women's Bowl 2022. Get the uh, information right there from hondusports.com, and we got that right. And if you haven't checked out uh, Cleat Sheet, the podcast, uh, with uh, Hall of Famer Moose Raylander of the Minnesota Vixen and Aaron Redwood Truitt of the champion Boston Renegades. Uh, they had, obviously, the talented TikTok sensation Lois Cook from the WFA DC Divas on their podcast. So check it out on on Apple Podcasts right there. And you get the link as well. So check out uh, Cleat Sheets. And it's uh, usually uh, almost every every week or every other week. And uh, so we'll be posting it up as well as they get content on there as well. So Cleat Sheets. Follow him on Instagram at Cleet underscore Sheets. And that's uh, Moose Raylander from the Minnesota Vixen and uh, Aaron Truitt. So kind of kind of like uh, uh, both worlds, east and west, but 
kind of ironic, Terry. They both had to face each other in the final, so it's kind of interesting that they're on the same podcast and they had to yeah. go up against each other. Yeah, it's interesting and cool at the same time. Yeah, very cool. So a shout-out to Aaron and uh, Moose for doing their part out there. Cleat Sheets on Instagram, uh, Cleats underscore Sheets, and you get to listen to the um, interview with the uh, the talented Lewis Cook of the DC Divas. All right, so they're right there. I think we ran everything down, so everything's pretty cool. I think we went through the whole scope of what's happening in the international game as well, and you get uh, game recaps as well from the NFL breakdowns. Uh, Baltimore Ravens taking on the Chargers. We got game recaps of my Rams taking on uh, the New York Giants. Uh, recap right there of Kyler Murray taking on uh, Coach Terry Lister's Cleveland Browns um, yeah. right there as well. And you also get the back-and-forth affair between the Dallas Cowboys and the New England Patriots. Um, Terry, what do you think of New England here? They haven't – I mean, they're not winning, but they haven't played poorly either. So, I guess – Maybe just a little bit more time and we get to see a resurgence of maybe a Tom Brady-type offense with this young kid? Well, I think that's true and not true. So I think it's true that Bill Belichick is a legendary coach. And so him, you know, Brady leaving last year, them having a down year, and then they go out and spend money, which they don't usually do. They draft a rookie quarterback who looks like he's he's capable to be a starter in the league. So they look like a competitive team again. Definitely, you know, not anywhere close to what they used to be. But as we know, Rome, Rome wasn't built in a day. And we, we're just talking about how certain players, when you lose them from your team for whatever reason, um, literally overnight your team's different. So a la – LeBron leaving Cleveland, a la oh, yeah. Manning leaving the Colts, you know, a la Tom Brady leaving the Pats. So these certain, you know, transcendent players, when they leave teams, those teams are not the same. And so it wasn't surprising that the Pats were as bad as they were last year, but it's also not surprising to me that they're much more respectable already this year. And so I think it's a little bit too soon to say that, you know, Mac Jones is going to be – the next Tom Brady, um, we'll see how good he, you know, how his career goes. But I think he is a capable quarterback. And for him to be playing like he's playing this early in his career is really impressive. Um, but what else is new? I mean, the Patriots have always drafted well. So the fact that they hit on this pick is not surprising either. Yeah, no, I think I think that's one of the things that I'm looking at for them is the fact that they, they haven't regressed completely but they have an opportunity for this kid to step up. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah. it's going to be more yeah. of a one, one season or one, two, one or two seasons before he grasps the whole playbook. And once he gets yeah. the whole playbook going, more likely it's going to be, you know, back to business for them. I mean, especially if, if, you're, if you're working in a certain system at this point. So, I mean, that's, that's yeah. the only thing I can, you know, I can attest to that. Um, week six of the 2021 season featured the Bills against the Titans battle with seven lead changes, but Derrick Henry's 143 yards and three touchdowns were the key to the victory. Uh, there was also a statement went by the Ravens, who blew up the Chargers in a highly anticipated AFC matchup. Uh, the Rams and Colts had big days uh, with Stafford, Wentz, Cup, and Taylor. That was a pretty awesome game. I watched it all, and that was really cool. Uh, the Chiefs bounced back against Washington to get back to 500. 
The Packers got an NFC North win against the Bears, and the Vikings pulled off an overtime victory over the Panthers. Uh, and the Jaguars snapped their losing streak as well over in the U.K. Uh, the Cowboys had an overtime win of their own in the late afternoon window, while the Steelers outlasted the Seahawks in extra time on Sunday. Uh, what else? Uh, the Lions fell to 0-6 after a great showing against the Bengals. Uh, and on Thursday night, the Buccaneers got go to 5-1 and with two touchdowns from uh, Leonard Fournette. So um, where do you want to start? Do you want to just uh, dissect uh, – Let's start dissect uh, Thursday night then. Uh, Thursday night was here where we got Tampa Bay against Philly. We all somewhat thought uh, that Philadelphia was going to put up a fight, so they did pretty well, not not too bad. Um, but mm-hmm. Tom keeps rolling. Yeah, I remember us talking last week, and I said, I see the Buccaneers rolling Philadelphia, um, especially because didn't the Buccaneers lose right before that? Yeah, they lost to us, remember? Yeah. To the Rams. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. So we were, we were expecting the Rams or the Bucks to come out blazing because they were not happy about that loss. Kind of was true, right? When I watched that game, I was thinking about our conversation. And um, the Bucks got a real good lead. and looked like they were on cruise control. Um, but then to the credit of the Eagles, they made it a game at the end. And um, I'm not sure if that was coaching adjustments or – you know, the Eagles just wanting it more in the second half. But um, to their credit, they did make it a game at the end. I think it ended up being, like, within one score towards the end. And so that's pretty admirable on behalf of the Eagles because it would have been easy for that to get ugly. And they didn't let it that happen. So kudos to them. Terry, you, run, run the you, think, more, you think we're in the same boat that we're talking about Jones over in New England? You think once this kid gets – somewhat of a grasp of this offense and they build some, uh, you know, they build a wall around that front offensive line. Cause right now I think that's one of the issues that they're having is their offensive line is not as solid as it should be. Once they get solid, I mean, we could be looking at like a Lamar Jackson type of player here. If he gets going, you know what I mean? He's got potential. Yeah. So I'm going to go back to my last answer, which is yes and no. <laughs> I would say yes, that, you know, I have a good friend that's an Eagles fan, and the two two players he was highest on before the season started was Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith. So, you know, and he's a real fan. Like, he, he knows the Eagles really well, so I trust his, his opinion. So I think Hurts is, has the ability to be a good quarterback in the league. Um, whether or not that happens is remains to be seen. Hopefully it does. Um, but as far as the Lamar Jackson comparison, i got to be honest with you. Um, I'm a Lamar Jackson fan. I liked him when he was in Louisville, and uh, I was pretty annoyed when he got drafted to the Ravens for obvious reasons. Well, oh yeah, I think Lamar Jackson is one of those rare players where he, there's no answer for him, really. He's kind of like a right-handed Michael Vick, um, but most quarterbacks are mobile like that. They run too much, and they take too many hits, and their body can't with you know withstand how hard the hits are in the NFL because obviously players are bigger, faster, stronger. And so they think they can take off and run like they did in college. And they quickly find out that's going to lead to a lot of injuries. Well, the the thing with Lamar Jackson is for whatever reason, the, the, the body that God gave him is able to take hits and not get injured very easily. So he is durable. And so now you have a guy who's an athletic freak that can make throws 
And I, honestly, I've been watching the Ravens because I, you know, some Browns fan, I watch all AFC North teams because like due diligence. But my the only the only like chink in his armor is he fumbles the ball. He doesn't have good ball security. Yeah, exactly. So, so like Lamar Jackson's like arguably a tran- transcendent athlete in our sport, and I think like he's very rare, and the Ravens are very lucky to have him. Um, so. You know, I wouldn't say that Jalen Hurts is going to be <laughs> in that same conversation just because it's, you know, it's so rare that a guy like that comes around. You have probably Michael Vick and him. And those are the only two that I can think of that really just took the league by storm and kind of did wherever they wanted to. And so, but, I mean, to Jalen Hurts' credit, you don't need to be Lamar Jackson. You just have to be, you know, be good at being Jalen Hurts. And so if he can be a good I think, dual threat quarterback. I think he's got potential you know, because he's got breakaway speed. He's got good vision. Yeah. Uh, like I said, if you put a good if you uh, a good balanced run game behind him and you uh, put yeah. a, a reinforceable front line, I think he's going to be impressive. Yeah. Um, let's let's look at this here. Um, let's go into the game that we that we wanted. Seattle without Russell Wilson. Seattle without mm-hmm. Russell Wilson. Let's bring him back into the conversation here as well. She's on here. Hi, Mac. How you doing? What's up, Oscar? How goes it? What's going on? Cracking, y'all. Now we're talking NFL. Um, we're talking Seattle, uh, Seattle, Pittsburgh. So, uh, Terry, the Steelers, they they barely win this game. Seattle without mm-hmm. Wilson, Geno Smith, somewhat comfortable. So I think going mm-hmm. forward, they might be okay. Um, a lot of a lot of the beef coming out of that game was. Uh, you know, DK Metcalf apparently, you know, not as astute and relevant to what was happening. And then, you know, he's going on the social media, you know, backlash on just uh, on Shannon Sharp. But I'm just saying, if you can't take criticism from the media, you you, you got to tune out yourself as a professional because that's that's what people get paid for to kind of scrutinize your whole play. But if you're lacking yeah. in, in terms of awareness of what's happening in that ball game, I mean, man, I, I, you're you're getting pissed off at somebody else calling you out. That's just wrong. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure DK Metcalf backpedaled on that stance. I think he mm-hmm. he issued <laughs> somewhat of an apology to Shannon Sharp and just saying, you know, I aspire to to do what you've already done, and so much sure. respect. And so he backpedaled. So to his credit, he did do that. But yeah, that game was interesting. Um, like I said, I watched the AFC North very closely, just like Mac probably watches the NFC East very closely, and um, I. I don't know, man. I was still a little bit torn because I agree that Seattle's looks like they're going to be fine with um, their backup quarterback until Russ gets back. So they can play like competent football, it seems like. But like the fact that I watched that game and Pittsburgh literally, they ran the ball and they threw passes that were 10 yards or shorter the whole game. Like I yeah. was like, who who in the hell runs yeah. this offense? Like this is this is like hard to watch. It was like boring to me. You know what I'm saying? And so mm-hmm. it's good and bad. It's good for me because I'm a Browns fan. So I'm thinking I'm like licking my chops. Like you think you're gonna you're gonna beat the Browns with that offense? Like come on. You know what I'm saying? Like Ben, ben can't throw the ball past 15 yards down the field accurately. Like it's it, I don't know. Just, Terry, the running's on the running, Terry, you're running calling, the you're calling a Cleveland win already for next week. Well, yeah, I feel pretty good about that game. 
Um, okay. <laughs> I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but yeah. No, I mean, based, based on game. based on your assessment, what I'm saying is you're you're already thinking, you know, the the Browns are going to be able to take advantage of some stuff, right? That's what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I do. For yeah. sure. So it was an interesting right. game. Just the way it played out. I think the game could have went either way. Um, T.J. Watt made a play when they needed it the most, so, so shout out to him. Um, I respect him a lot, but uh, yeah, I mean, they got a, they got that little strip fumble, and then that sealed the game. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm just not impressed with the Steelers. Uh, they have the same record as my Browns. The Browns have a lot of injuries. We need to figure it out. <laughs> but uh, the Browns, yeah, we're both three and three. So it, it is what it is. But as far as the Steelers, how they match up with us, I like our chances. That's all I'll say. I'm not going to get too cocky. All I'm right. I feel. So uh, let's go, uh, Mac, let's go into this uh, Buffalo for real because they, they, as they come in here, everybody's like, okay, they're on a roll now, right? And all of a sudden here, Tennessee, you know, Monday night, Henry and company take over and, you know, you, you're talking about, a slow start, and all of a sudden they they go off, you know, in that in that regard as well. So, I mean, uh, the, the Tennessee edging Buffalo, I think, kind of surprised a lot of people as well, but not so much because you already have the workhorse back there. So if he's dominant for, you know, a lot of yardage, the the, the percentages are high for you to win. So well, let me let me just break it down for you, Oscar. Okay, um, I still think Buffalo is for real. Like, this was a trap game. I'm not even going to lie to you. Like, this whole game, Buffalo and Tennessee, was literally a trap game. I mean, I just – you know, everybody has that team or those couple – you know, those couple games that you end, up, you end up losing to teams that you have no damn business losing to. It's just like Iowa this weekend losing to freaking Purdue. Again, a team that we should not have lost to. Point being – Every team, every sport has that problem. And that was Buffalo's problem yesterday night. Is I think then, to be honest, Buffalo got humbled. Buffalo got humbled. And that doesn't mean that they're, you know, they're not going to go far into the playoffs because, I mean, like I said, they, they've been for real since last year. And they, they proved it the entire season. So, point being is that, you know, Josh Allen and that crew over there in Buffalo, you know, Bill's Mafia, you know, Cole Beasley over there with them, A.J. Epinesa, Micah Hyde. You know, they got to lock down. They got to get those injuries taken care of. You know, they got to get their third and second string rolling with, you know, first string offense, offense and defense. They just – they got a, a lot of small parts they got to take care of um, in order to, you know, keep the success. And, I mean, and Tennessee is kind of in the same same boat, okay? Tennessee has not had, like, a great, great start, but Derrick Henry is still Derrick Henry. King Henry is out here doing King Henry things, um, and he proved <laughs> that last night. But you know, Mac, as as Henry goes, the Titans go because they're going to get the Chiefs coming up next, who are struggling. The Colts are playing pretty decent ball. They get my Rams, and then they get the Saints. So big stretch here for Tennessee. Uh, I mean, not to say they can't win these these games. I mean, they're all winnable games if, like you said, if they rely on Henry. Because when Henry is dominant and he's over 100 yards on every matchup, their opportunity and percentage goes up to where if they just control the ball and manage the game, they're gonna they're gonna get a W like they did against the Bills. Well, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this right now. The biggest mistake 
that Tennessee could have did was trade Desmond King because that's part of their problem is they don't have a punt returner. Desmond King is one of the best punt returners in football, period. He was, one of, the best football. Jones, he was one of the best football. Man, they got Julio Jones. What? But what has he done this season? <laughs> Julio Jones, right, where is point. he? That's, right, what's a Julio? Hell, I could, I could do, I could make a better punt returner than him right now, hell. <laughs> Wait, I don't even play special teams. Look, point <laughs> being, okay, is the matter is Tennessee, Tennessee, Cleveland, Kansas City, you know, everybody in that division like has a lot of small parts that they need to get together um, and, you know, mend together and fast uh, because, you know, fan bases are going to start talking and Salty One is definitely going to start talking. I'm going to give them one more week, you know, until these teams start to I'm trying. I'm trying to be nice, but I really want to. I really want to talk. I really want to run my mouth about Cleveland because I just like, like y'all were supposed to be dominant. Y'all got dangerous Baker Mayfield. Like, come on. Like y'all, oh, y'all irritate my life. However, y'all was playing a really, really, really sound Cardinals team. I mean, Kyler Murray. That's for real. Like that's my twin. And like if I played quarterback and I was like seventy pounds smaller, I would be Kyler Murray. <laughs> wow. Uh, Mac, um, the Bills are going to take on the Dolphins. So this is a pretty good rebound game after this big loss. But, I mean, they they allowed, I think, they allowed, what, 20 sacks to the Titans? Second most, I think, in the NFL with the 20 sacks allowed. I think it was a – so, they, they, you know, Buffalo did not sack Tannehill once. So that's a problem. Yeah, that's 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 rough. Um, and like I said, you also have to take in consideration who on that defensive line for who on that starting line for Buffalo right now is hurt. Um, their leading edge rusher AJ Epinesa uh, is hurt. Um, mm-hmm. Who else is on that line? I can't even remember who's on the other side, but I know their other their other edge rusher is also hurt. So they've had two starting interior linemen and two like second and third string edge rushers playing in those in those starting spots. Um and then you have Michael Hyde in the secondary who can't I mean can't do every he's good but he you can't he can't do everything by himself. So and to be honest, I think this Miami game is gonna be a trap another trap game. Um so I think it's gonna be another trap game for Buffalo. Buffalo has to come out and play fast and consistent. Um if they can do that, Miami's defense isn't gonna be able to keep up for very long. Terry, you agree with that? You think that's the key right there? Because if they're if their line's just a weak line, and um, you know Allen's getting beat down now, that's not going to boast well for them going down the stretch here. Yeah, I mean I agree with Mac. Um, I would say that the Bills coming off that really gut wrenching loss to the Titans, um, paired with. The fact that the Dolphins just found a way to lose to the Jags in the U.K. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that math equation, the Bills should blow out the, the Dolphins. But football is not played on paper, and the Dolphins don't want to lose. I mean, they're, they're embarrassed. They just lost to the Jags. So they're going to come to play. Um, but I think the Bills are just a better team, you know, all around. So um, even with injuries, you know, I just think they're a, a higher caliber team at this point. And so – I wasn't really a believer in the Dolphins preseason anyways. 
and the, I, I am a believer in the Bills. So even though, like, let me just get this off my chest. The fact that the Bills have a six foot five quarterback that's athletic, and they did a QB sneak on fourth and short, and instead of him snapping the ball and jumping up in the air, because he likes to jump, if you watch any of his replays, jumping forward in the air for an easy first down, if not a touchdown. Instead he, instead, he takes the ball and runs into, like, the A or B gap to his left. What's the A gap to his left? So all it took was his left guard getting blown up by that D tackle. Sure. They get stopped. The game's, the game's over. Like, that just blows yep. my mind. Like, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm Vince Lombardi. I'm just saying, like, coaching-wise, how do you have that big of a quarterback and you don't just use that to your advantage? You know what I mean? And so it's just so boneheaded to me. And yeah, play call there. They're close well. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was. Yeah, what, bonehead is the what word. The hell? I think we're. Yeah. <laughs> hashtag bonehead. That's the word. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mac, your Cowboys. You know they get <laughs> out. Hey, your Cowboys barely survive New England, which is Whoa, it's good out. and bad. Tied, hold, 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 hold barely survive New England. Like, if, it no barely. Lamb, if it wasn't for wow. C.D. Lamb, if it wasn't for C.D. Lamb. Wow, man, you would wow. you would have some. Issues. We're really is, where's Cooper? Is this what we where is, is, is this what we're doing right now? Is this what we're doing right now, Oscar? Are you really gonna start with me right now on this Cowboys, podcast on Tuesday? We're questioning the Cowboys in terms of their output. You got two great receivers, but you're only using one. What what's going on with Cooper? Okay, Oscar, I'm gonna break this down to you right now because you 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 out here trying to troll me. You ain't doing a real good job of it. Rolling, I just want the fact. You got the fact. Bring the fact. The fact of the matter is, is, is Amari Cooper has literally been injured for like all up team towards like four damn weeks now. Okay, um, because he wasn't supposed to come back until after the Eagles game. That wasn't happening. Everybody knew that he was going to play for that. Mac, would this be their? Will you consider their toughest test so far at five and one? Will you consider this the, the the battle against New England? I think that was the toughest test. That's why I'm, that's my point. I think this was their toughest um, game I'm gonna so tell you, far. I'm, I'm, no, their their toughest game up until the New England game was the Tampa Bay game. If Greg Zerline wouldn't have missed those two damn field goals, I'd be six and zero right now. All right. Well, you, okay. okay. He was like I'll, three I'll weeks out of post. I agree with that. I agree with that. Zerline. Just crap. So yeah, he's not very good. Because they were literally – Tom Brady and Dak Prescott were literally going tip for tack on touchdowns, like legitimately back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And Amari Cooper got got hurt the second the second game of the season he played. He got hurt with a with a hamstring and was out for the rest of the the rest of that second and third game. And then we played the Eagles, or we played we played the Panthers. He played a little bit, then played the Eagles, played most of the game, and then played last weekend um, against Mac Jones. And I'm the one. I, I hate Alabama, but Mac Jones is this guy. Like, that man is – look, Mac Jones, I'm not messing with nobody's fantasy team. I'm not messing with nobody's Patriots because Mac Jones is a, is a dude. And he's and he he's like Tom Brady 2.0. It's kind of scary. Um to be honest with you. Yeah, we were, talking about, we were talking about how he might, once he gets going in the system, you know, that could be the case. You know, once he gets going, 
it looks like once he gets it under his wing, maybe that could be the case. Yeah, it's kind of annoying, and I'm like, damn, that's like Tom Brady Jr. like standing right there, same damn uniform, just a number, two two digits less on his on his jersey. Like, like damn. Yep. But point being is. Amari Cooper just hasn't been able to produce a lot just because he's been playing, essentially playing hurt or playing injured. But if it wasn't for the blown coverage that the Patriots gave Dak to launch the ball down the field to CeeDee Lamb, it probably would have went into double overtime. Not even going to lie. I don't even think that's a thing anymore now I think about it. Um, But first of all, they were playing a soft zone man covered mixed defense. And the thing you don't do with Dak now that he's fully recovered and a lot more faster and accurate after having to go through rehab and and everything like that, you don't give Dak Prescott an open hole in the middle of a giant-ass field. Why would you, like, I'm trying to figure out why why you, he he could have even pressed him for five more yards and probably picked off the ball or swatted it away. But no, we're just going to stand there on the backside of the hash and let, let, freaking C.D. Lamb just scoot his way into the end zone. I mean, I wasn't upset about it, clearly, but I was mad. The player in me was mad because I'm like, did you really just let that happen? Like, really? Like, you just you really gave up. As soon as C.D. Lamb caught the ball, he gave up. I was just like, what? what is – like, where's the effort? Yep. Yep. I agree. Where's the effort? Uh, some of these guys are like, you know, look at Metcalf, just, you know, a little soft. But because they're getting criticized for not playing up to their potential and everything like that. So, I mean, some of these players just got to, like, you know, when you're, you're on national stage every week, you, people see what you do, you know what I mean, or what you don't do. So, the bottom line there. Um, Mac, you got to feel confident. Uh, Cowboys won five in a row already, time for their longest streak since, I think, 2018. Uh, so, the last time that this happened, six of those times they made the Super Bowl. So, Five and one looks pretty uh, impressive, and if they can keep this going, I think they get what the Vikings next. Kings have been up and down. I mean, they play competitive, but they have not been, you know, like stellar. So uh, we could see six and one for these Cowboys. You know, Minnesota is going to be a trap game for 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 Dallas, and I'm only saying that because of this big old dude named Adam Thielen, um, who catches. Damn near everything. And he's like 6'6", six, six, kind of hard to bring down. Um, I don't know. He plays that cool position called tight end. Um, you know, that, that's the position I'm, I'm trying to play this year. Uh, anywho, but Adam Thielen is a monster. And it's been, it's been proven this season that he is really hard to stop, whether they're winning or losing. Um, now, their offensive line, on the other hand, um, probably going to get worked by Dallas. Chauncey Goldston, okay, Micah, Micah Parsons, okay, uh, Leighton Vander Esch, okay, Randy Gregory, you know, I just, I can keep going. Trayvon Diggs, the interception man himself, feel like it's going to be a trap game if Dallas doesn't come down there and play their game like they normally do. But for some reason, I just don't see that happening. Like Dallas, All right, so you're, stick, happening. you're sticking with Dallas at this point. We can tell already. That's the the end of it. Um, <laughs> Terry, uh, these Raiders coming off this Gruden resignation. Um, uh-huh. You know they they beat Denver, so you know they get a win right after this whole debacle situation. Um, 
can they maintain this momentum and be relevant in the uh, in that West AFC West because the Chargers starting to regress here and but they're both four and two so between Oakland and and Los Angeles uh, they're right up there and you know look, looking at who's going to take the lead here. Yeah, well I'll tell you what Oscar, that's a damn good question. Um, I like the Raiders. I think they're a good team. I think they have the talent to beat most of the teams in the NFL. Um, but is their 4-2 record a little bit misleading? Uh, time will tell. So I'm a little bit torn. You know what I mean? I'm rooting for them. I have nothing against the Raiders. I like Carr, the quarterback. I like most of the guys on the team. Um, so I wish them the best. And I know that them going through that Gruden coaching change isn't easy. But uh, whether or not they have what it takes, you know, I mean, Raiders are kind of known for starting off good and then kind of not finishing <laughs> their season well. And so hopefully that doesn't happen this season, but that's been, you know, their history. So they got they kind of need to, you know, get rid of some demons as far as what what they've done in the past. But All I can't right, really uh, Mac. I'm not sure. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree with you. Uh, Mac, uh, let's go into Thursday night, Denver against Terry Lister's Cleveland Browns here. Um, obviously, Mayfield's got some shoulder concerns. Uh, Denver really on the hot seat right here, Vince, uh, Vic Fangio. Um, you know, the Broncos, they got they got they're a three and three. They got to kind of at some point stand out in that AFC West. So, opportunity for both teams here to either, you know, get the big get a win. They need a win at this point. Hmm. Cleveland Browns. Denver Broncos. This is also a trap game. Hmm. They're three my and three. Somebody's got to win. I know, you know, my gut is telling me one team and the troll in me is telling me another team. And I <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going with the Browns. If you don't say Browns, I'm oh. going with the Browns. I'm going with I'm going with uh, Lister's Browns. I just think they got more potential. Oh, I just I don't think I can do that. I just I just don't think I can do that. Um, mainly because I enjoy the reaction I get out of people. Um, I just <laughs> really? I don't know if I can take Cleveland. <laughs> I just look. I'll tell you this right now. I have a couple Iowa Hawkeyes on that Denver team, and I just. I'm, I got to kind of be a homer right now. Josie Jewell, middle linebacker. Okay, Michael Ojemudia, corner. Okay, Noah Fant, big ass tight end. I just Bama, Jerry Judy, and he he went to Bama. You know, I can't like. I, can't, I don't know. I just I can't. All right, just, so you're taking Denver. Let's cut it dry here because you're, yeah, you're you're actually yeah. punching Terry right here. That's not good. Uh-huh. <laughs> she can't help I herself. Just, I mean. I really can't, you know. I just, I always have to go against the popularity, but what I do. All right, so Denver it is for you. Uh, Browns for me and Terry, of course. So we'll see who's right next week. Who comes out with the prediction? Um, mm-hmm. Terry, uh, Indianapolis four and two, surprising. Do you think they're getting Frisco, who's wounded, and this controversy with uh, Garoppolo and Lance? You know the the quarterback circus there. Um, what do you what do you think? I mean, they played pretty good ball right now with Taylor and Wentz. If they just manage correctly, I think the Niners are going to have a hard time getting this win. But defensively, the Niners are pretty good. 
Yeah, it's a really it's really intriguing intriguing game, um, in my opinion, because the Colts. You said the Colts are four and two, right? Two against uh, two and three. Two and three Niners. So the Niners are trying to figure stuff out with the quarterback position. Like you said, they have a good defense. Um, I like Debo Samuel as a receiver. Hopefully, George Kittle plays sometime soon. I have him in fantasy. Um, and they have a pretty good running game, and they're coached well. The Colts, man, that, they're kind of a hard time for me, to, hard team for me to evaluate because they're four and two, which is a good record. I wish the Browns were four and two, but the fact that the Colts found a way to lose that game versus the Ravens is so depressing to me. Like, I, it, it boggles my mind, Oscar. Like, they were up, I think, 16 points in the fourth quarter, and they ended up losing in overtime. Like, you just can't do that, man. Like, granted, they, they shut down the run game. They ended the Ravens, you know, whatever streak of 100-yard rushing games, whatever. Um, but how about what's more important is winning the damn game? And the fact that they blew that game and let them come back and win in overtime disgusts me. Disgusts me, first of all, because it's AFC North team winning, not, not called the Browns. But secondly, it's just like, you know, from a coaching perspective, it's like, how do you blow that game? You know what I mean? Like, you played lights out for three quarters. You had a big lead. All you have to do is just not piss it away, play a little bit of defense, and you just couldn't do it. And so it's like, yeah, for that that 19-point lead against the Ravens, to your point, that was just atrocious. I mean, that's just yeah. bad. But you know what? Their next five opponents, the reason I'm mentioning about them is the next five opponents are really struggling teams besides, I think, the Titans. They get the Niners. They get the Titans, they get the Jets, and the Jaguars. So unless all, any, unless all four of those teams kind of revitalize themselves, uh, they, yeah. the Colts do have an opportunity here to kind of like maybe go two for two or even three, three, three and one or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not a hater on the Colts. I think they're a good team. I think they are coached well most of the time. I'm embarrassed that they gave up that 19-point lead, um, and that schedule sounds tasty. Um, but, you know, I, I think that game against the Niners is tough to pick. You know, the Niners aren't a bad team. And if, um, if Troy, Lance, good, if Troy Lance starts, I think uh, it changes everything. So more than likely, from what I'm hearing, Troy Lance should start. Good defense. Yeah. If he can manage again correctly, um, more than yeah. likely, like you said, there's opportunity right there for, for them to kind of get a win. Uh, I don't Absolutely. want that because obviously in my division, but. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. In football sense, you have to respect that yeah. they do have a good defense. So, you know, that's the bottom line. Um, Mac, Monday night, the Saints taking on Seattle. Uh, who needs this win more? Does Seattle need this, especially with Wilson out and now Geno's in charge? Who do you, who do you think needs this win more? Uh, who do I think needs this win more? Oh, geez, another trap game. What's up with all these damn trap games this week? Uh. Um, I'm a, That's why we got you here to break it down. To break down the trap game, okay? I'm gonna say, <laughs> I think right now I have to say Seattle, just because of the quarterback situation. Um, I mean, yeah, okay, and I gotta give it to you, Geno Smith probably ain't seen a damn football for real in a couple seasons, just because Russell Wilson has been at the helm of that that team, and now that he just had. You know, had to correct the surgery for his finger and everything. Um, 
he's got Gino Gino Smith's got to step up, and I think I think Monday night's going to be his time. Um, I think you know with having because he he essentially was kind of thrown in there. Just I mean, obviously you can't. We got a hurt player. You start and get, you know get it together. So I just I I need I need DK Metcalf to wake up. I need him to stop being so damn soft. I need Geno Smith to start seeing his way down the field like he used to. And if they, I think if they can do that, I don't think I don't think the Seahawks will have an issue. All right, so we got key games. I agree with that. Uh, Terry and Mac, let's go quickly. We, we got about uh, 15 minutes, so let's uh, let's rapid fire responses here. Um, Kansas City <laughs> three and three, taking on Tennessee four and two. So Terry, what you think uh, uh, the Chiefs are sliding in a lot of ways? Or do you think this is an advantage for Tennessee to, with Henry to really take advantage? Of? They they would go five and two if they get this win, where the Chiefs would fall to three and four in that division. Yeah, um, this is another hard call. I'm sorry that I don't have a lot of solid answers this week, <laughs> but it's just hard to say, man. Because you know, football is a, a lot like boxing. It's all about matchups, which is why the Ravens just blew out the Chargers. And so when you don't, when you have two teams with totally different play styles. You know, the Chiefs are an arid-out team with Mahomes throwing to Hill and company, and the Titans are the opposite. They're, you know, running the ball first and play-action passes. They're just two completely different play styles, and so it's really hard to see how the game will go. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised to see, see either way, uh, but I'm excited to watch. All right. Uh, Mac, uh, Baltimore coming off that, that great win against the Chargers right here. They're 5-1, and one, just like your Cowboys. And they're taking on uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, who apparently everybody in Lower Ohio thinks they're for real at four and two. Besides uh, Terry Lister. <laughs> well, Terry Lister's team is also three and three, so yep. um, I'm just going to leave it at that. That's a tro- that's Seriously. a troll in me. Um, yep. <laughs> realistically, four and two, five and one, pretty evenly matched. I go with Baltimore. Um, you taking Baltimore? I, I agree. I think uh, I think Jackson's upside is way better than Burrow's. <laughs> just just facts. <laughs> well, let me just let me just say this. I think Joe Burrow's upside would be almost almost comparable to Lamar Jackson if Joe Burrow had a damn offensive line that was worth anything. Yeah, no, that, that's horrible, Max. Like your point. They they just can't seem to get in rhythm. They can't get a rhythm going in that line. And that's I think that's what it's hindering. I think he's I think he's talented, right? Like any any other quarterback, but can't seem to do it. Right, like you can't showcase your talent without the 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 requisite parts around you, i.e. quarterback, i.e. offensive line. Okay. You know, i.e. interceptions, i.e. defensive line and secondary. Like and they they just go together like peanut butter and jelly. You know, like Terry Lister and the Denver Bandits, okay? Like Max Truck and Max, it just it goes what? together. You know, like it's, I know it's you know it's it's almost an epiphany, Oscar. You know, you put two <laughs> those things together, you might could do something. <laughs> oh, I love that. Mike, that was good. Mike I, could do. Mike, Mike could do. Mike could be. You know, you might could do something <laughs> if you get the right parts together. At this point. I don't know if Joe Burrow, and I'm still trying to figure out how they're four and two. 
I'm like you said, I'm not knocking it. Like I'm not knocking. I'm like, what? Y'all had quality wins, but what do you mean? Y'all don't have horrible it's, starts don't in have the first half. They kick ass in the second half. That's why they're four and two. That's what they do. They they're a second half team. Well, we didn't they look crappy in the first half. We didn't have to talk about how they got there, Oscar Dale. We didn't have to talk about how they got there. Just know that they got four wins. See, see, Oscar, this is why I troll you. This yeah. is why I troll you because you you crazy. But you know what, Mac? They can't survive against really good teams. I'm going to tell you right now. They're they're playing a little bit of a okay. okay we're getting we're getting lucky. But once they start rolling against some good teams, they're they're, they're going to get their asses handed to them. Watch, you watch because <laughs> you can't have offensive. I'm kind of excited. You can't have you can't have offensive performances in the first half and mediocre, and then all of a sudden you think you can just turn it on. It's not going to happen against you know the better squads. Um, uh, Mac, let's, let's go. Let's stay with you. Oakland four and two taking on Hertz two and four in Philly. Um, if you know, if they can get it somehow stabilized and offensively in Philly, I think this kid's got potential, as I just told Terry. So, you know, the Raiders coming off this Gruden debacle, um, is this this has got this has got to put some energy in them where they, they can't afford to lose after this. I mean, it's, it's kind of like they just got through this. We're just back to our winning ways in a way. You know, as much <laughs> as much as I hate the Eagles, and boy, do I hate them. Division rival. Okay. I think I'm going to have to take Jay Hurts Jay Hurt and Devontae Smith, Fletcher Cox. Okay. Well, I would say Zach Ertz, but he just got traded, which was the dumbest thing they probably could have done in their natural-born lifetime. Say it again because nobody hears you in the back. Holy cow. Like, y'all are dumb. Like, y'all literally got rid of Zach Ertz for what? Who the hell is Dallas If you're Ertz, if you're Ertz, Mac, you just said thank you very much, <laughs> basically. Well, I'm just like, I'm just like, like, did y'all really just get rid of this man? Like, y'all just did him wow. dirty as hell. Like, just petty. Yep. Now they have Dallas Goddard. That's it. <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying. What? Like, it's like, yeah. What what move is that? That was a that was a bad fantasy move. That's almost like somebody asking you to you know to switch off on somebody and go like, hey, oh sure, yeah, here you go, Garter for Ertz, no problem. Like what, dumbass? What? No. <laughs> <laughs> what? I just it baffles me. I'm just like, what? When I saw that come across my 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 ESPN check on my phone, I said, oh no, this got to be a joke. Somebody's trolling. This is got. I was like, I literally was like, I was like. I'm waiting for the ESPN correction to you know to pop up and the correction didn't happen and I was You're, kind of I, I thought for sure it. when that happened I thought it was the fake uh, the fake uh, sports center on Twitter you know what I mean just got to double check oh fake too, sports center like, I looked to it I checked the Twitter I'm like oh this is a real thing oh okay <laughs> well that was dumb of you why wasn't it <laughs> so you're taking Philly over the Raiders I I am because I just I mean I think it's one. Phillies in Philly. Two, I feel like the into this entire Gruden debacle and you know the fact that they their coach just got uprooted in the first quarter of the season um, is probably going to be a little distracting for them. Yeah, I think I, I agree with that. I think uh, I think Philly has the potential. Uh, I think the Raiders will win ultimately, but I think Philly has the up, uh, potential for the upset. Um, Terry, if you're the Houston Texans, man. You got to be feeling this. This season is a crapshoot, man. It's like you're getting beat down and beat down every week. It's like, yeah. you know, 
I mean, just Sean Watson, F you, right? Everybody's going, F you, buddy, because that's basically where you're at now. And then you're getting Arizona <laughs> this week. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> yeah, there's two, there's two games this week that jumped out to me that are going to be complete annihilations. And that's Arizona oh, yeah. versus Houston, and that is the Rams versus the Lions. And so that's just my opinion. But, um, yeah, I mean, Sean Watson's a really good quarterback. He's not playing for obvious reasons. And because he's not playing, they're a dramatically different team. And that's not a very good team. So I wouldn't be surprised if they end up with a top three pick because they're just not very good. No, I mean, they're they're going – I mean, they get one win – uh, at this point, it looks like, the, you know, they're going to be suffering for the next couple of weeks, ultimately, until their yeah. bye week. Um, Mac, my Rams revitalize. They get, to, they get to face their former quarterback. This is going to be a, a great matchup. Now you're going to see McVay <laughs> probably tear this kid apart because he knows, he knows him, you know, like the Tennessee's already. So Stafford coming to Detroit, I mean, you know what I mean? It's like – that's a homecoming, Tyzel? I mean, why would you not want to tear up your old team? Did you just call that a, a great matchup with a straight face? No, it's not a great <laughs> matchup. I'm just saying it's, it's a beat down. I'm saying okay, it's a great matchup for us, like you said, Terry, <laughs> yeah. because yeah, we're, we're coming in with, 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 the, with the big old smile and going, okay, this, these are the guys, okay. Yeah, sorry to interrupt. So here's, here's what I'm going to say. And naturally, you would be correct, you know, why wouldn't you want to come in, you know, into Detroit and basically eat your old quarterback for breakfast, essentially. However, seeing as how Jared Goff is on a new team and Matt Stafford is also on a new team, while their previous team, you know, obviously know their coach, that coaching staff knows that other quarterback. We don't know what, you know, what the difference is between or the, um, um, I guess the timeline of progression or regression between the time Jared Goff has mm-hmm. gotten to, from, you know, from LA to Detroit and the other way around from Detroit to LA with Matt Stafford. I mean, Matt Stafford's been killing it. Jared Goff seems to have be having a little bit of trouble. Um, I don't know if it's just because he's like not picking up the playbook or he's just not used to the tempo. Who the hell knows? I just know. Uh, yet again, another trap game this week. I mean, I don't know what y'all want me to tell you. There will um, not be a trap, a trap game, game this week. I think the Horns need to go in there and just take care of business. That would be a, such a big letdown if that happened. But, my God, no way. This should not be. But it, you know what? <laughs> it happened against Arizona, so I can't just say no, right? Because that's what happened against Arizona. We thought they were going to, you I'm know, saying. we're going to take care of this. That's, yeah. That's, yeah. See, that's what I, I yeah. told you. See, but I'm, I'm going to yeah. tell you this. I'm not going to troll you if y'all lose. Okay. I won't troll you Thank if you, y'all Mac. lose. I'm a super troll. You. Really? Big old difference. Appreciate I'm a super troll. The crap out of you. It's going to be great. Don't even worry about it. So y'all better not lose because I'm coming for you. Oh, my God. All right. We're, we're, You're we're ready to roll here. Five minutes left. Yeah. Um. So we're good to go. So Terry, uh, Terry, really appreciate you coming in and uh, you know giving us the insights on the college and the NFL and the uh, international news. What Mac is always fun time with you. Always fun time. Never a dull moment when she's in the house at all. Um, so really I'm good games cool. coming up. So Thursday night, Denver looking to beat and Denver, Cleveland. So uh, and then Sunday night, Indianapolis, San Francisco. 
Monday night, New Orleans against Seattle. So I'm, I'm, I am in the cross fingers of the Niners go down and the Seahawks go down and we take care of business and we're good. That's, that's my mentality right now. So that's where I'm at right now. Um, so, <laughs> Terry, I know your mentality is to take care of business against Denver. And then the yep. Cowboys, you know, she keep, continue to roll. That's basically what she's going to – you own the East already. I mean, there's nobody close to you guys anymore. It's just sad. But good for you guys. You know, it's, what's sad funny? For the let's let's talk about this for 10 seconds. You know, everybody was counting Dallas out for the play fact that, oh, we don't know if Zach Prescott is fully healed. And I've been telling people, I said, look, I play this sport on a high level. I analyze the sport. I have constant, I have coaches, former coaches, players, and a, former NFL players. Like, I talk football. Like, that's what I do. I told people, I said, they're going to have Dak throw the ball for about the first three damn games to solidify the fact that he's fully healed. healed. Okay. Um, and then, like I said, first three or four games, pass heavy, pass heavy, you know, a little bit of run sprinkled in every, you know, every now and then. Then as soon as we play the Eagles, Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard go off for, like, 200 apiece, okay? And it just keeps adding and adding to, you know, adding to the offensive arsenal that is the Dallas Cowboys right this minute. Um, I, to be honest, I project us having another loss, but it's not going to be no time soon. I agree. <laughs> I think they're on a roll right now. And especially if they continue to throw the CD uh, Lamb in the absence of uh, Cooper being a little bit off. I think that they still have upside, a lot of upside on that offense. They're just even even with Ezekiel not being the focus point of it, I think they have upside. All right, um, everybody, go to monkeyknifefight.com this weekend, Monday night, Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night, right there. Get yourself the five dollar free play up to a hundred dollar match. Uh, you get use the code NJF and get started today. So check it out. NBA starts today, so if you're inclined to do NBA, check it out as well. So M- MME. Uh, MMA, I'm sorry, USC, PGA, and everything else out there at monkeyknifefight.com. Use the code NGF and get started today. Uh, Max, always informative, always awesome to have you on, and our, all our fans that are listening to you, always positive, positive Mac vibes for you because you're always entertaining. So, And, Terry, always coming in here. Appreciate it. I really appreciate your time. And then up for the options, Mark Simone, Nate Ward, and Holly Custis, uh, Oscar Lopez, Matt McKenzie Brooks and Terry Lister saying we'll catch you here next week for 396 as we head to the fourth, the big episode 400. Have a great night, everybody. Sure. See ya. It's the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50.